to the Light to Path podcast series, an initiative for women at Roche by the International Women's Network, or IWN here in Asia Pacific. This series aims to encourage all our listeners to inspire women at Roche to carve their path towards achieving their purpose, career and personal goals. When we proactively and passionately light her path, we advocate for her, we build her confidence, we increase her presence, and we unlock her potential. This ultimately builds an inclusive environment where all employees can be their authentic selves and thrive at work. Hello everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of the Light Her Path podcast series brought to you by the International Women's Network or IWN APAC. We are a group of colleagues at Roche APAC Pharma, Diagnostics, and Diabetes Care who share the same purpose and vision to uplift and empower the community of women at Roche so that they can flourish and achieve their full potential, both professionally and personally. And this podcast series was put together by a team of ours last year, which aims to encourage all our listeners to inspire women at Roche to carve their path towards achieving their purpose, career, and personal goals. My name is Donna Ong. I am currently a global marketing leader in GPS and was recently a healthcare ecosystem chapter lead from the Roche Philippine Pharma Affiliate. It is my pleasure to be moderating today's podcast with our esteemed guests to chat about what it means to be an ally for women, creating a culture that fosters inclusivity at Roche. And we have with us today Ahmed El Husseini, Pharma APAC head, Noriko Hattori, Diabetes Care Japan country manager, and Richard Go, Diagnostics Taiwan General Manager. Would you each like to say hello to our listeners? And maybe we can start with the first question as well. What does being an ally mean to you? And why is it important at Roche today? Would you care to start the conversation, Ahmed? Sure. Um, well, th- first of all, thank you for thank you. for hosting this really important forum. And um, what I think is a very important topic, maybe one that we don't necessarily speak enough about, but um, can have a vast influence um, on people's careers, on people's um, actually progression. Uh, so I, I really think it's, um, it's, it's great that we are having this discussion about allyship and what it means to be an ally. I did some thinking about this and I was wondering what, what is that really kind of, where does that pull on uh, in terms of our leadership capabilities and our leadership matrix? And we talk a lot around VACC uh, leadership, you know, visionary, architect, catalyst, and coach. And I feel allyship kind of touches on all of them. Probably the most part it, it touches on is, is how you play a role as a catalyst uh, to really help people in terms of um, their progression, uh, in terms of the path that they want to choose um, in terms of their careers or their interests. Um, and, and we can play you know, different types of roles uh, in, in trying to advocate uh, for people and to help support them, particularly as it relates to um, the challenges that people may face in terms of diversity and inclusion. So uh, I see this as a, as a really important role that leaders play, but not only leaders. And I just want to emphasize that, that this is something that any one of us uh, can be an active participant in. But I do feel that you know, leaders in particular uh, should pay a lot of attention to what they can do and the strength that they can bring through allyship. And in this case, of course, we're talking about females 
and, and their progression in, as part of diversity and inclusion, but across the spectrum of many of the topics within diversity and inclusion, what more can we do uh, and using allyship as a tool? Thank you, Ahmed. I love how you connected allyship to the VACC leadership components, especially that of being a catalyst. I was also checking our Roche DNI site, and allyship there is defined as the practice of seeking to understand points of view beyond our own and using our respective privilege to advocate for people. And I love how like advocacy and allyship go really hand in hand so that we can actually build that space for women to flourish. Thank you for sharing. Richard, would you also like to share your thoughts on what being an ally means to you? Yeah, thank you, Donna. Also, like uh, Ahmed, uh, really thank you guys for organizing this and for inviting me to to speak. Like you said, and also Ahmed said, um, Ahmed uh, kind of stole the words out of my mouth in, in some sense. Um, and I really like the way he framed uh, you know, allyship in terms of the BACC, especially with Catalyst. Maybe the, the thing that I want to add on to it is it's not a one-off thing. And also, this is an ongoing thing um, that you want to bring not only the awareness, but you want to also consciously, you know, um, listen and remove roadblocks, right? And provide the necessary resources for our female colleagues to, to flourish um, and also explore, you know, the many opportunities that we have in this one, wonderful company of Roche. A lot of times I hear it's not only about, you know, advancing careers, but also doing things that are more interesting, right? That opens up their horizons. Um, and I think as leaders, um, like Ahmed said, you know, sometimes we are in a privileged position to have an outsized influence on opportunities um, that, you know, colleagues can have. Having a higher level of engagement and higher level of job satisfaction in Roche and to, you know, serve our patients and the customers in a different way, in a more powerful and meaningful way. So, so to me, you know, allyship, there are many aspects to it and the consistency is really, really important and powerful. Thank you, Richard. I like how you also talked about giving that space for exposure and experience for higher engagement and job satisfaction. I think it was in a it was in our IWN site as well, where our CEO Bill Anderson has stated, like, in order to achieve our mission for the world as Roche, we must ensure we build that kind of environment you were just talking about, where the full potential of all our people can actually be realized. So I love how you you zoomed into that specifically, and so that we can create this very Yes, diverse, but also very inclusive environment at this company. Thank you. Noriko, we'd also love to hear from you, given your experience. Yeah. So hello, everyone. I'm very happy to be here today. And I would like to talk a little bit about, you know, the perspective from the women's side as well. So when I think back uh, about my career, I think, you know, as a woman, you have many more moments than the men, probably, where, you know, you have to or you ask yourself, maybe this is it. Maybe I stop here, you know, maybe I just, you know, this is my, my limit because, you know, when you give a birth, when someone in your family gets sick, all this moment, you know, you ask so many questions to yourself. Maybe this is your turn to take care of someone. So maybe stop there. And, you know, we don't really see the future like in five years, 10 years. And you really focus so much on, you know, what's going on in front of you. And you feel like, okay, that's, you know, my, my journey ends here. But when I think back my, uh, about my career, I feel like, you know, all these moments, I really have very good allies around me who pushed me, who supported me, who told me that I'm okay, I can continue. 
So that was definitely, you know, why I'm here today. So that's why, you know, I feel like、um, all the women need allyship around, around us. And this is, you know, how we can be successful. And this is something very essential also as a company, because if all the, you know, intelligent and skillful women give up on, you know, a way, In the middle, then, you know, of course, we cannot be a、um, good company in the end. So I think, you know, that's something very, very important for me and all the women in this company. Thank you, Noriko, for sharing that. Yes, I think there are specific needs that we as women also have, and we're very lucky and blessed to have allies around us to support. But thank you. And maybe if I can also、um, zoom in a little more, Noriko, on your experience being a female leader in Japan, which is in a way a more traditional and hierarchical society, how has allyship shaped your journey to lead you to where you are today? Yeah. So actually, I spent early days of my career in Europe. So I studied in Europe. I started my career there. And I worked in France and Denmark, where I think, you know, more or a lot of women in leadership positions. They have also a lot of kids. So for me, that was never an issue when I was young. And when I got pregnant and when I、uh, gave birth to my first kid, I was back in Japan. I had my first leadership position. So that was a lot of change for me. And of course, you know, that was the first time that I started asking myself so many questions. And also, I just found myself very often in a meeting room. All alone as a woman. So I was surrounded by 50、uh, male colleagues. I was the only one woman. Even if there were more women, they are normally non Japanese. <laughs> so that was, you know, like、uh, my new daily life when I got this、uh, management position for the first time. And even in the airplane, you know, I was very often of only female when I took the first airplane to get somewhere in Japan. So, I, you know, I have to tell you that. So, I didn't really have a female、uh, role model or mentor around me who gave me daily advice. But when I think back, why, you know, then I, I could continue my career in this way, it's because every time I ask a question to myself, am I okay like this? Am I a good leader? I was very lucky that I was surrounded by a lot of male colleagues, so traditional Japanese colleagues, who gave me a positive confirmation about. You know, like how I am doing, and、um, that I can be myself, that I'm a good leader. People accepted me. So, this kind of positive feeling really, you know, pushed me to go my way even beyond and further. And so, that was, you know, a very good allyship for me, actually. And the other thing, so I didn't find a lot of、uh, women leaders in my organization at that time. And even still, right now, probably at my level, you know, there are not so many women. But every time these young females reach out to me saying that, you know, I inspired them, that, you know, they thought that they cannot take management position because they had this traditional leadership style in their mind that they have to be like that. But it completely changed after they started working with me. That really, you know, gives me so much energy that, you know, I feel like, okay, I want to continue my way in this way. So that also, you know, helped me a lot to shape my career in this way. And last but not least, you know, my family also is always a great help that every time, you know,、um, because of the social pressure, I ask so many questions to myself. Am I a good mom? Am I a good wife? You know, am I a good daughter for my parents, for example? And then my family always t e l l me that they are so proud of me. So, my daughter now, the older one is seven years old. Sometimes I cannot, you know, make her, her lunchbox. So, I cannot be there for the important day. And then she's like, that's okay. You know, 
that's you. I love you in this way. And don't worry about that. And these kind of words give me so much energy and, you know, positive mindset that, you know, thanks to all of this, I can be here today. Thank you, Noriko. I loved how what you shared. Ahmed, would you like to respond to that? Yeah, I was, I was just, uh, first of all, that's a really inspiring uh, story. And thanks for sharing it and, and, and also giving us really the, the picture of what it would look, what it looks like and the challenges that you've personally faced. I love many aspects of the story, but the one that I really resonated with me was this idea of finding allies, not only in the workplace, but also within, in your case, within your family. And it, it just reminded me that how often that, you know, we, we kind of overlook that the importance of these of these allies and, and how they make a big difference on our lives. But it's also a reminder to ourselves, you know, how am I playing a role as an ally, as a friend, or as a family member as well? Um, because it's obviously it obviously can make a big difference on people's lives. So thanks for, for highlighting that, Marika. It's great. Um, it's a great insight um, that I think is important for us to, to reflect on. Yes, I completely agree with, with Ahmed. Thank you for that inspiring story, Noriko. And what I see here is allies can really come from anywhere. They're at work, yes, but also at home. And if I may also like share, maybe one of my greatest allies in life is actually my my husband as well. I mean, we yeah, there are there's so much pressure on on us, yes, as women, mothers, wives, and my husband, Ton, has always been a believer in what's possible for me and has been that constant source of energy and inspiration, like a personal cheerleader. And I would never have tried out for my current role today in GPS or make the move to Basel with my whole family if it weren't for his words of encouragement and actions. And what I mean by actions is him actually allowing the space for me and my family to move <laughs> And to grow in this experience, like going for it. I mean, he had to leave a stable life back home, if I must say. I mean, it's a total change in, in lifestyle and experience. And many have said, you're so lucky to have a supportive husband. And yeah, I truly am. And I'm grateful. And I think this is where you find allies in any place. And this is where if we have that, and if we're able to also give that, there's so much that's possible. So I can super relate. Thank you. And maybe I, I move to Richard as well. Relating to what Ahmed has shared and Noriko, was there an experience that you'd like to share on how you have provided allyship and the impact that it's made on the person? Yeah, I, I maybe uh, something um, quite practical and kind of related to what uh, Noriko said earlier. I remember a couple of years ago when I was recruiting a finance manager. At that time, I was in finance. I was, I was not in general management. And then we were discussing the challenges of the job and what the job can offer and that kind of stuff. Uh, and we're going back and forth. And then she was deciding, okay, should I make the jump to join Roche or not? Because she was quite happy in her, in her old role and her old company. And then towards the end of the conversation, she, she, she told me, she, said, she asked me, she said, hey, Richard, you know, I'm not getting any younger and I just got married and I'm going to start a family. So what if I join a company and I get pregnant two months later? And I said to her, I remember, I said, fine. I mean, if you get pregnant two months later, I'll congratulate you. 
Um, and then we'll find ways to work around the job aspects of stuff. And like Noriko said, we all need kind of help along the way. I mean, men or women, we all face challenges, whether personal ones or professional ones. And I think if we all can come together and work around all these challenges and help us help each other as a team, uh, we just make such a, a big difference in the work environment. And we just, you know, motivate and engage um, our employees, and our co-workers in a, in a much deeper way. So that's, I think the immediate example that I thought of. And, and she has been quite happy, I must say. I think I keep I still keep in contact with her. And um, she she did tell me that, you know, um, because of that, you know, she she made the decision to to join to join Roche. Because even in a place like I come from Singapore, in a place like Singapore where where female um, participation and labor force is quite high, there is still some stigma about you come into a new company, a new role, and then if you need to take time off because you're pregnant or you need to take time off for family reasons, it's sometimes not very welcome. So I think things like that we should always you know try to promote and and talk about. Yeah, so I, you know, I cannot agree more because when I got the first promotion to be a people leader, I was pregnant. Like I was really having big belly. <laughs> and the first word I said, you know, when I got this offer was like, okay, because I was not even applied for the position. I was just offered to come back to Japan and have this position. I just said, can I just give a birth in Paris <laughs> because I cannot, you know, reserve maternity clinic. But that also, you know, gave me so much great confidence that, you know, people see me by my performance and not, you know, because I can work so late or I can, you know, come so early in the morning. So I also, you know, I'm also promoting this kind of feeling or thinking in my company. So recently we had the internal posting when, you know, related to transformation. There was a pregnant lady in the team. I called her. You don't have to apply. If you want to apply, Everyone would, would be very happy to see the application. Don't think that you will be leaving in two months for maternity leave. You can just take a position when you're back. So, you know, don't think about anything. Talk with your family. Do what you feel like. Thank you, Richard and Noriko, for sharing. You know, happy and fulfilled is the goal. And I love how you both talked about celebrating these milestones together. And we come to work every day because we bring our whole selves to work. And that includes our life at home. So, so thank you for sharing. Ahmed, you've had a lot of experience um, with the global organization and with NEO, the Network Enabling Office, and now you're leading APAC for Pharma. How do you see being an ally can foster talent exchange among affiliates, region, or global? Obviously, a very important topic, particularly for for APAC. Um, We do have, um, you know, I, I don't think we have enough talent uh, from Asia in, in leadership roles across the organization and particularly in global. So there's there's a big call for allies here and to help support. The way I see it is, um, in part of it, of course, is um, the one-on-one exchanges that we have with talent. Um, and, and I think Richard um, spoke to one example of that, which I think is, is it can be extremely powerful, um, you know, particularly because you know, for either reasons of personal reasons or confidence reasons, people are not confident to apply. And I think providing that level of support to them can be incredibly powerful. Um, I would like to extend that even further and say that as leaders, we should we can even go further than that, maybe on the on the on the back end and on also on the on the front end. And, and by that I mean, so for example, when we're going for leadership roles. I take an active role to make sure that we have a diverse pool of candidates. Um, So just even the starting point, 
if you go by the way the system is today, you're not going to get a diverse pool because just by definition, the system wouldn't produce them. Um, and generally speaking, that's usually when you get the first round, that's what it looks like. So can you be more active and proactive at the starting point, um, have a much more diverse pool um, so that you would at least be balancing out the equation and in terms of the opportunities. And then on the front end or you know, going forward, in one example where I was supporting one of our female leaders, um, it's a question of also you know, having the conversations with them and supporting them in the application process and giving them the confidence. A lot of times it's a question of confidence. They can do the role and even especially the stretch roles. But part of it is also speaking to their future employers. Um, and having an honest conversation about their capabilities, but also, hey, how you can help them be successful in the role um, so that if they were to get the role, they can also be successful in it. So again, I, I do feel there's a big role for all of us, but uh, even a bigger role for us as leaders um, to really think along all the different elements of the chain that, that is involved in people's development and people's progressions and, and really see how we can help at every point by being an ally, by taking a proactive approach. You know, sometimes there are very small things that we do that can have a huge difference on people's lives. Thank you, Ahmed. I mean, I go back to the title of our podcast series, which is Light Her Pash. And I really like how you connected that to speak with the future employers as well about their capabilities, because that is part of that path. And that totally alludes to allyship as a catalyst and an advocate for that person. I also like that you touched on confidence. I still wonder, even up to today, like how can we further build confidence for women in APAC to just try? There's so much talent. We've experienced that in our in our roles. We've worked with so many great people. I would love to have more of our APAC talents around the world in various roles. How can we encourage that? So one very great example I can give is that we recently did the VACC workshop with our leadership team in Japan and our actually female colleague who I really think, you know, she'll be very great leader, but, you know, I think she didn't really show the interest so far. And after this workshop, she said, now I learned that this is a new way of being leader, a new leadership style. And that one, probably I can do that. Maybe I was thinking too much about the traditional way of the leadership. And, you know, with this new way, maybe I don't have to know everything. I don't have to do everything. And this is, you know, maybe closer to my natural style. So I thought that, you know, this is also one uh, very good example of, you know, like showing that leader is not only one way or, you know, one stereotype of some 20, 30 years ago, but, you know, now it's really changing. We can be authentic, we can be ourselves, and still we can lead a big team and we can contribute. So that is, uh, I think, something very pleasant happening, uh, which I experienced recently. Thanks, Noriko. So I'm kind of going to build on what Noriko and Ahmed said. In my past experiences, there are two kinds of reasons why women don't put their hands up. One is, you know, like Noriko said, there is this, I don't know whether I can do it. Do I need to tick all the boxes? So when I, when I meet female colleagues of this kind, I always tell them, you know, still encourage them to try and give it a shot in the you know, application process. Don't look at it from a yes, I will make it or no, I will fail kind of a lens. But look at it from a learning perspective. Go into it and learn about the role. And perhaps in the process, you'll learn a couple of things. One, 
you know where you stand on, you know, how far you are or how close you are to what is required in the role. And two, it's about also learning about what is expected of the leader. A lot of times we go into a Uh, some of these female colleagues, they go into a role thinking that I'm expected to tick all the boxes and it's not true. And most of the time, even with the final candidate, the person does not tick all the boxes anyway. So there is a realization for some colleagues after they've gone through the process, they, A, they know a lot about themselves and B, they know a lot more about what is expected of them. And then it helps them bridge that confidence and that gap that they feel that they have. I totally agree with, with both uh, Noriko and Richard. And, and, you know, it's really the concept of reframing whether it's reframing what the expectations may look like uh, for the role and what it looks like for a female leader may be very different than you know, your traditional male leader or reframing what success and failure and, you know, as, and looking at it as a learning experience. I think these are very powerful things that we can do as allies is, is also you know, just helping people understand the, the context and maybe changing the context. I think equally important as trying to reframe it um, and, and working with the actual individual is also being leaders to re- actually fundamentally reframe it in the system itself. So the more we can do, Richard, for example, in making every experience about a learning experience and not failure, and is also, I think, part of our path to a more diverse and inclusive organization. Uh, and to your point, Noriko, the more we can be accepting as leaders of different types of leadership within our own leadership team so that we're not always advocating and rewarding a certain type of leadership behavior, the more we make it a much more inclusive environment also within our organization. So I think there's, again, you know, I keep on going back to this point about the very important and big role we can do as leaders in terms of allyship around not only the individual, but the environment that we create. We bring the weather after all. Thank you so much. This cover is basically also a summary of everything we just talked about in allyship and inclusivity today. Reframing expectations, making it a learning experience, reaching out for these one-on-one conversations and giving that nudge of encouragement and space to thrive, I think, is a starting point. Thank you to, to all of you for your inspiring thoughts and stories shared today. I personally learned a lot and I'm filled with super positive energy and I hope our listeners are too. We do have a coffee chat following in the next two weeks and we invite our audience to sign up. So any final words that you'd like to to share? Um, maybe, you know, so one thing I can ask everybody in this organization to do is if you have, you know, some female leader around you or, you know, some female colleague around you, just tell this person how you appreciate this person, how you like this person, how great this person is. And also, you know, just try to be very transparent about, you know, like as a leader, I'm also trying to show my lifestyle as well that, you know, it's not like I'm sleeping only four hours per day with two kids and this work. But, you know, I try to show that how I manage in my life as well. And I think these kind of a small example give so much uh, encouragement for a lot of young females. So I would like to ask all the male leaders as well that you know it's not like you don't have family as a male right so you also have kids to take care of you have also parents you have also wife so just be transparent be just you know give all this positive feedback to these uh, female colleagues around you and I think that will you know really push a lot of things uh, on her back yeah, I will say a similar line to what Noriko said I think also as I will encourage our female colleagues to share more of their success stories with each other and challenges. I think a lot of times we, we kind of take it for granted that, you know, the, the woman has to be good in her career, has to be a good wife, a good mother, a good daughter and all that kind of stuff. They do all, 
all these things well, it's like, oh, okay, she's, she's a good person, she's a good woman, you know? And it's not like that. And we know how difficult it is, you know, Donna and Noriko, your stories. And I also just encourage uh, our female colleagues to share these stories more, how they cope with it, and how, you know, how they, how they see career development and all that kind of stuff. I think this, the stories that you guys shared are very inspiring, and I think it will inspire a lot of female colleagues. This is uh, obviously an important topic, an important tool that we have. And I think the more, you know, what I would encourage people is to get curious about this as well. As you just reflect on how you lead and how you work with others, um, where can you be an ally and where can you make a difference? Just taking some time to think about that. And where have you been an ally in the past uh, and how much of a difference it's also made and, and recognizing that and who has been an ally for you and maybe recognizing them and thanking them. I think all of these things, when we reflect on them, allow us to also start thinking more along of our obligation towards a more diverse organization, uh, a more inclusive organization. Thank you once again, Noriko, Richard, and Ahmed for being wonderful allies. And thank you, everyone. This has been the Lighter Path podcast brought to you by IWN APAC. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Lighter Path. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're interested in learning more about this topic, sign up for our Coffee Chat series, which will happen in two weeks' time. Our coffee chats are a space for colleagues to learn and discuss specific topics so we can all learn about creating an inclusive environment at work. You can sign up for these sessions by clicking the link in the description. Join us for the next episode of our Light Apart podcast.